0: The Aswang is one of the most feared creatures in all Filipino folklore, combining the most terrifying elements of vampires, shapeshifters, and witches in one horrifying monster. Today, we'll discuss the origins of this legend, how it uses deception to trick its prey, and how the Spanish and the CIA used this legend against the Filipinos to further their own agendas, on this episode of Technically a Conversation. You're listening to Technically a Conversation, a podcast where we share an interesting topic or story with each other, and hope you find it interesting as well. I'm one half of your host, Jose, and I'm joined, as always, by my lovely co-host, Isela. How are you doing today?
1: Doing fabulous. Fabulous and cold, which is why I'm drinking uh, green tea. (laughs) How are you?
0: I'm doing good. Not as cold. Um, I have a working (laughs) heater. Your heater's not working?
1: I feel like I've just been cold all day. So even in the office, I was cold and I feel like that's just carried on. Yeah, the heater's fine. Just I can't shake it. I don't know what the hell.
0: (laughs) I was starting to get a bit concerned about you.
1: Oh, no, fine. I'm fine. (laughs) I'm still (laughs) fabulous.
0: (laughs) Good to hear. Quick shout out to the Queens, Elena and Erica, the Duke, Stephen B, Elba and the ContraZoom Pod podcast. Thank you for sharing our post. On your social media.
1: Thank you guys so much. It always helps.
0: Dakota from ContraZoom also mentioned our podcast and his podcast. So we are mentioning his podcast on our podcast.
1: A little confusing, but no, not really.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's the way I do. (laughs) With all that business out of the way, ready to get started?
1: Ready, Captain.
0: (laughs) Great. Let's get started. So I'm going to start off by asking you some sound related questions. But this is totally different than the Tao's hum. So play along. Okay. This is our 81st episode, so I can only ask so many questions before I start to repeat myself. The next time I have to ask you if you've ever been kidnapped, I'm going to have to feign surprise and shock.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay.
0: So Isala, aside from your nightly game of was it a firecracker or was it a gunshot, have you ever been awoken in the middle of the night to a sound that frightened you?
1: Oh, yes. I could have sworn I heard somebody shaking my screen door. But what it turned out to be was uh, here in El Paso, we have really high winds and it was shaking that. But I was just completely dead asleep. And it almost sounded like someone someone was trying to get into the house. So I got super freaked out until I realized that it was just really crazy high winds.
0: Okay, good. Glad that it was Nobody nefarious out there trying to break in. Thank God, no. (laughs) Aside from my quote unquote alien abduction story that I shared in our sleep paralysis episode, (laughs) I haven't really had one of those experiences. I remember one time I heard a weird noise, but later discovered that it was just my ice machine. It wasn't making the usual sound that it makes when it spits out the ice. It sounded more like a mechanical noise, like gears moving or something. It's really weird. And I think I've only really heard it make that sound maybe five times in the 12 years or so that I've owned the refrigerator. It's so uncommon that it's not until I hear it make that sound and I follow it that I realize it's just the ice machine gagging or something. I don't know. That's (laughs) what it sounds like to me.
1: Right. Yeah. I've heard that when they like fall down. So it's like a crashing weird thing going on. And then you're like, what is that? So yeah, I've had that feeling before with ice, like new ice being made.
0: Yeah, the ice spitting I'm familiar with, but this sounded like a gagging sound.
1: Oh, that's weird.
0: Now, when you hear a strange sound, do you usually walk towards it?
1: Yes. I mean, unless it sounds, well, yeah, I think, yeah, I want to say I kind of do. That's kind of dumb now that I think about it. (laughs) Shoot, why do I do that?
0: (laughs) Now, you can usually tell that you're getting closer to a sound when you hear the sound get louder, right? Yes. What if I told you there was a creature that actually sounds further away the closer you are to it.
1: Weird. I would really like to know that for sure.
0: <laughs> Apparently it does this to trick their prey into thinking they're safe. <clears throat> I apologize in advance for butchering any of these names. The following is from a Minda News article by Fernandand Cabrera and took place in the Philippines. Link in the show notes. On May 29th, 2015, Muslima Guiammar a Barnagay Poblacion 9 was walking with her husband, Abdullah, when she was attacked by a huge dog from behind, biting her on the neck and upper arms. This was no typical dog though. It was described as being extra big and strong with red eyes and sharp sets of teeth. Abdullah came to her rescue by hitting it with his machete, but the creature wouldn't let up and bit Abdullah on the leg. He claimed he hit the creature several times with his machete, but it bounced back as if he was striking a stone. The police report documented this as a dog attack, but the couple and the residents of Barnagay Poblacion 9 were not convinced. Soon reports of more attacks came from other areas and the villagers started putting garlic on their windows and arming themselves with sharp bamboo poles, machetes, knives and firearms and kept watch. The residents started forbidding their children from going out at night and pregnant women were heavily guarded by the elders as they were convinced the Aswang was after their babies in the womb. Are you familiar with the legend of the Aswang?
1: I've never heard that that sounds um like a uh, ass whooping. I'm gonna give you aswang No.
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> What's a Philippine word? If you had to guess, just based on that report, what would you think the Aswang was?
1: It sounds very very werewolf like. I don't know. It's that was the first especially with the extra large fangs and I mean, I don't know if werewolves have any like adversity to um to garlic. <laughs> <laughs> but I, it it sounded like a, like a werewolf. The typical idea of what a werewolf would be.
0: I kind of got the same vibes also. You're not wrong, but you're not entirely right either. You know me, I'm a big fan of legends and folklore. We've covered a lot of different ones from different countries and regions, but we've never covered one from the Philippines. So I thought, it's been a while since we covered a vampiric creature, so it's time that we do another one. This is another installment in our vampire suite. <laughs> the others... If you're interested, our coconut water, Elizabeth Bathory, the vampires of Rhode Island, El Chupacabras, and La Tlalapuche, which we did on episode 95 of his Spooky Tales. This isn't your run-of-the-mill Sam's Club vampire, though. This one is like the holy trinity of shape-shifting cryptids. Mm-hmm. Kristen Winyarski, from All That's Interesting, describes the Aswang as combining the most terrifying traits of vampires, beasts, and witches into a single monster that inspires unparalleled fear to this day, all rolled up in one delicious bite-sized treat. Actually, she didn't say that part, but she did say that the Aswang is one of the most feared monsters in all Filipino folklore. Although the legend dates back centuries, sightings of this creature skyrocketed during the COVID-19 lockdown. Mm -hmm. I tried looking for some explanations of these, and really the only report I could find, in English at least, was the one from 2015 from Minda News so we'll have to take Kristen's word for it. Like a lot of folklore we've covered in the past, there are a lot of different variations of the story or myth, and the Aswang is no different. There are three different varieties of this creature, the first being the Tik Tik or wakwak, named for the sound it makes while hunting, and turns into a large bird. The Sigbin, spelled with both an S or Z, allegedly turns into something similar to a Tasmanian devil. The third flavor is the Mananangal, which looks like a woman but can split itself in half and fly like a bat. Very similar to La Tlawalpuchi. In fact, the term Aswang is kind of all-encompassing and refers to a range of mythological monsters from were-dogs to vampires to viscera or internal organ suckers. The thing they all have in common, though, is that they can change their appearance at will and hunger for the sweet, sweet taste of human blood and flesh.
1: And just to be clear, all of these... Lovely creatures are based out of the Philippines. Like that's their headquarters.
0: That's right. That's where they do business out of.
1: Oh okay. wow! <laughs> it's gonna. I, I did want to go to the Philippines at one point. I don't know if I want to now. <laughs> I was
0: gonna say, yeah, their CEO is based out of the Philippines.
1: Okay, <laughs> that's what I was. That's what I was assuming.
0: <laughs> now, if you go out during the day, Salah. You won't have that much to worry about. During the day, the Aswang disguises itself as a human, doing human things that humans do, but it's secretly plotting and picking out the victims it's going to hunt at night.
1: Oh, yeah, I feel better.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The thing that frightens people the most is that it's walking amongst them without them ever knowing it. Well, that and that it primarily feasts on children and the unborn.
1: Oh, my goodness.
0: Their favorite organs to eat are the liver and heart. Liver's kind of gross, though. I wonder if they also soak it in beer or milk to get rid of the piss taste. Do you soak your liver in beer or milk to get rid of the piss taste?
1: I I don't eat uh, any animals, (laughs) uh, or I guess I do when I eat fish, but (laughs) thankfully their livers are tasty as hell.
0: (laughs) (laughs) They use their proboscis tongue to suck out blood or unborn babies from their mother's womb. Oh, goodness. I don't know if you remember that Guillermo del Toro show that we used to watch, The Strain. Oh, yeah. The tongue in a lot of pictures I saw almost looked like that, but maybe a little less phallic and erotic.
1: (laughs) Good. (laughs) So gross. You know I'm very visual.
0: (laughs) That's why I wanted to make sure I mentioned both phallic and erotic in the same sentence.
1: Great. (laughs) That's funny. Great.
0: (laughs) Since it disguises itself as a human during the day, that's when you're most likely to run into one and not even know it. But there are a few telling physical signs, particularly the red bloodshot eyes and their feet are flipped backwards. Mm. They also hate noise and bright lights, but don't we all, am I right?
1: Right, yeah, exactly. We're all like little gremlins or no gizmos. (laughs) Bright light.
0: (laughs) Now, if you want to know for sure, and the fact that they have backwards feet, is it enough of a dead giveaway for you? It is said that if you look into their sexy, bloodshot eyes, your reflection will be upside down. Supposedly, another way to tell if someone is an aswang is that albulario's oil will boil whenever one is near. Luckily for us, Isela, we always carry a little bottle of albulario's oil with us, like our mothers always told us, specifically for such an occasion. Right. You do have your albulario's oil handy, right?
1: Yeah, around my neck, always. <laughs>
0: Perfect. <laughs> Aswangs are said to usually be beautiful women with long black hair. During the day is when they are the weakest and less likely to attack. So, not saying that I condone approaching a suspected aswang during the day to stare into their bloodshot eyes or flash a little bottle of albulorios all at them, but your chances of having your heart and liver proboscised out of you while you're very much alive eyes watching horror are very slim.
1: That's, that sounds Horrifying, <laughs> oh my goodness
0: what which part is horrifying to you?
1: the whole thing, <laughs> even before they start sucking my liver out or whatever i I don't even think I want to see anybody in the eye like how am I going to look in the eyes of this like weed head looking <laughs> creature with the bloodshot <laughs> eyes i don't know, and then I gotta look at his feet to see if they're backwards what the heck. <laughs>
0: Well, again, they're the weakest during the day, so they're less likely to attack. So you have that to comfort you a little bit, I guess. True, true. During the night, Isela, everything goes. So super friends, grab your garlic, make sure you have your albularios oil handy. If you're with somebody, hold their hands and hold them tightly. We promise we won't leave you alone and we'll be right back after this quick commercial break.
2: Hey, this is Kate. I'm a forensic psychologist and crisis clinician, and I collect stories. Everything from true crime, to trauma, to parenthood. There's a lot more in common between depression and sociopathy, or between serial killers and podcasters, than you might think. Are you sure you really want to know? This is Ignorance Was Bliss at iwbpodcast.com, and iwbpodcast on social media. My name is John Lorden, and I've been looking into hundreds of unsolved mysteries over the past five years on my YouTube channel, LordenArts. And I've been known to bring a respectful, victim-focused approach to the stories that I cover, while donating thousands of dollars directly to those cases and the charities that help them. Now, I'm bringing that approach and sensibility, along with some of the biggest mysteries I've ever looked into and some new ones, To a weekly podcast called Seriously Mysterious From bizarre occurrences To unsolved murders And unexplainable disappearances Everything is fair game on this show As long as it's Seriously Mysterious You can find Seriously Mysterious On your favorite podcatchers Or by visiting SeriouslyMysterious.com Let's look into the mysterious Together
1: We're
0: back. Are you hanging in okay, Sala? Did your albularius oil start boiling during our break?
1: I was conjuring up a plan on my own, thinking that maybe if I put garlic in every meal, all of my insides, my intestines are going to smell of garlic. It'll start coming out of my pores, and then I'll repel those things, including my friends. So, <laughs> problem solved. <laughs>
0: Repel all the things, right?
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Did any proboscis tongues try to get a little fresh with you?
1: Can you imagine? Heck no. (laughs) That sounds so creepy.
0: So what are your thoughts on Oswang so far? Based on some clues to identify them in their human form, do you feel that you've encountered some without ever knowing?
1: Definitely not. I think as a girl, I tend to look at people's shoes all the time. That's just the way we are. We're like, ooh, how did this person accessorize? And their feet, I'm proud to I'm proud to admit, have always been facing forward.
0: Excellent. With me, kind of makes me wonder if that girl that always shows up to work with bloodshot eyes is actually sleepy, high, or had a long night of feasting on the blood of unborn children.
1: <laughs> oh man, you should see what she's <laughs> got packed for lunch. Is it liver?
0: <laughs> Liver and hearts?
1: Yeah. I, I was trying to make that little noise like uh, Hannibal, like Hannibal Lecter. He's like,
0: <laughs> like the proboscis?
1: No, the Hannibal oh. Lecter on the movie. You know, <laughs> you know, some weird stuff. Sorry, whoever's listening with headphones. I'm sure that was not pleasant.
0: <laughs> now, like I teased before the break, the night is when the Aswang really comes to life. That's when they gain their superhuman strength and have the ability to shapeshift. There are a few really cool and unique powers of the Aswang that I've never seen or heard another mythical creature possess. The first is the ability to change the appearance not just of themselves but of other objects. The article stated that this is an attempt to trick humans but it, they didn't give any examples of what they meant. So I'm assuming they might change an object to look like something else to distract a person while they go in for the kill. Like maybe change a rock to look like a bag of money or a rainbow fentanyl or something and when you bend down to pick it up, mocos You've been proboscised, baby.
1: Gross. (laughs) Is that a verb now?
0: (laughs) Mokos, I I, I don't know, maybe we should make it a verb. (laughs) The second cool superpower they possess is the ability to create doppelgangers of their victims. When they choose a victim, they'll create the doppelganger, allowing them enough time to escape and avoid being discovered. The only thing is that the doppelganger quickly gets sick and dies. But by this time, the Aswang and the victim are long gone, and presumably no one suspects a thing. It's possible that right now, Isela, you're recording this podcast with a doppelganger of Jose, and the real Jose was proboscised and viscerated days ago. There's just no way for us to ever really be certain.
1: I don't know if an if anybody could be that ridiculous as my friend Jose. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs>
0: I'll definitely take that as a compliment. Okay, good. (laughs) (laughs) The final unique superpower they possess is the ability to trick their prey with sound. Like I teased at the beginning of the episode, they have the ability to make a tick sound while hunting for their meals to confuse their victims. When they are far, the tick is louder. But the closer they get, the further the tick sounds to lure their blood meal into a false sense of security. That's super crazy, right? They're like murder tick ventriloquists.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> exactly. It sounds like they're like throwing their voice or something. They're throwing, well, I guess not their voice. What is it? Like weird sound effects or something? Their tick? Yeah. It's
0: almost like they're murder tick ventriloquists.
1: Right, right. When we go, um, like when we go hunting type of thing, not that we ever go hunting, but when humans <laughs> go hunting or if like for turkeys, they'll be like, Mah! they'll do like their little weird, <laughs> they'll do their weird little sounds. Just to kind of like throw them off and see who's coming around. This is like backwards. Well,
0: I don't know about you, Isela, but I go fox hunting every weekend.
1: I'm sure you do, actually.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm kidding. I would never do such a thing. (laughs) Are you familiar with any other creature that has these type of powers?
1: Creating doppelgangers? Absolutely not. Or any of the other ones. No.
0: Yeah, it's really cool, huh? That they have their own unique set of skills.
1: Yeah, they're... Definitely a a Liam Nielsen or whatever his name is (laughs) of the animal kingdom (laughs) or whatever they are. I don't even know if they're animals.
0: (laughs) I would say that they're cryptids. But um, I thought the same thing too when I said that. I was like, damn, I should have made a Liam Nielsen joke.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yes. There you go. See, where you fail, I'll catch you. There you go.
0: (laughs) I fail a lot. So I'm glad that you're there. No,
1: you don't. No, no.
0: (laughs) Stories about the Aswan folklore go back to the 16th century when the Spanish first colonized the Philippines and the first recorded stories of the aswang in writing emerged but it's possible they could go all the way back to the 13th century when the Malay people came to the Philippines and brought with them their supernatural beliefs the Malay believed in a creature called the panangal which was a monster that appeared as a normal woman during the day but had a long tongue and fed on mothers and the unborn children at
1: night that's That's so sad. (laughs) Mothers and children.
0: Unborn children.
1: Oh, geez, Louise. (laughs) Oh, then that's so much better.
0: (laughs) The Spanish did recognize that of all the supernatural beings in Filipino culture, the Aswang was the creature that people feared the most. And it's believed the Spanish exploited this fear for their own gain. In an effort to push Christianity and their own agendas, they accused Babilans, or their female spiritual leaders, of being Aswangs. The women that resisted or protested against the Spanish were also accused of being Aswangs. The Spanish weren't the only ones to use the Aswangs to their advantage. The CIA did too during the height of the Cold War. According to an Esquire article by Henri Ichimura and Alan Severino, the U.S. granted the Philippines their independence after World War II, but if history has taught us anything, the U.S. rarely does something out of the kindness of their hearts. And the string attached to this act of kindness was the controversial Bell Trade Act. While yes, technically, you're free, Philippines, the U.S. will have vast control over Filipino industry and the economy. As you can imagine, this act of fuckery naturally didn't sit well with the Filipinos. So the Filipino soldiers, or hucks, that once fought as allies with the U.S., were now fighting against them. Wow. On a cia mission led by edward lansdale who once served as advisor to the filipino chief of defense decided to use the aswang against the Huk soldiers it first started by them getting dead hucks and puncturing their necks so it appears like they had been attacked by an aswang the mangled corpses would then be placed in busy areas of the province to convince anyone that came across the bodies that they had been victims of the aswang surprisingly or maybe unsurprisingly it worked And people that were either indifferent or sympathetic to the Hucks were now terrified, discouraging them from joining the Hucks during the revolt. If there were no dead Hucks lying around to mutilate, not a problem. They would simply kidnap a Huck, puncture their neck with two holes, and hang him upside down from a tree so they would bleed out. (sighs) They would then dump the corpse along a trail the Hucks were sure to travel, causing them to get spooked, pack up their things, and move to a different area. Sadly, the belief in the Aswang has led to the death of many animals, specifically Tasmanian devils, your favorite, Isala. Yeah. (laughs) It's also led to the deaths of bats and kagwangs, which are a type of flying lemur, because they were thought to be Aswangs, assuming the form of another animal.
1: That's sad. I actually like lemurs.
0: (laughs) It is very sad. It's possible that the Aswang mythology might have been used to explain real-life things, such as stillbirths and miscarriages, it could have also been the scapegoat for real-life murders, as it's sometimes easier to blame a monster for something so awful than to reconcile with the idea that another human was to blame. Also, it could have been used to explain a rare genetic disease called XDP, which mainly affects Filipino men in the Capiz region of the Philippines, which is also coincidentally where the Aswag legend is believed to have originated from. People that are afflicted with XDP are said to have uncontrollable muscle spasms, tremors, and contortions which are similar to some depictions of aswang, although I did not encounter any of these traits being listed in the five sources that I used for this episode.
1: Oh my goodness, that all sounds just terrifying. The whole the whole uh I mean their special powers and even to what they look like, how sneaky they are. I you know, Said to be, which means they're super smart. I just don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it one bit. Not one bit.
0: Yeah, they're a really crazy creature. And when I first learned about them, I found them super fascinating. So I said, you know what? I'm hopefully there's enough information here where I could do a whole episode of this.
1: Yeah, especially this last part where people were kind of playing like a a mind warfare type of thing on on people, which really stinks because now that's only going to drive. People kind of like the Taoist thing where like one person says it and then maybe another person says, oh yeah, you're right. And then they start believing it and everyone, you know, it kind of, it's like how a rumor catches fire. And when you were saying at the beginning of the episode, when you said during COVID, that was when there was like a spike in sightings. Coincidentally, you know what also went up during COVID? Drinking. I don't know. Are they, co- <laughs> are they like tied together? <laughs> are they correlated? Maybe.
0: Even though I wasn't able to find any sources to back up that claim, I think it was just the fact that people were alone at home Mm -hmm. and they had a lot of free time, time that normally would have been filled, going to visit family or going out to the movies or other recreational things. So it's natural when you're alone and you're not used to being alone, that your mind starts to play tricks on you. So that is the way that I can explain why the, um, the reports went up during COVID time. But um, again, I I couldn't find anything. And a lot of stuff that I could find was in, um, I don't want to sound ignorant and say that it was in Filipino, but um, it was not in in a language that I was familiar with. So I wasn't really sure what I was getting into. So I kind of just stuck to English sources.
1: Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, that's safe. It was was a very interesting topic either way.
0: (laughs) Definitely. Apparently, the Aswang has been featured in pop culture, primarily the TV shows Grimm and Legends of Tomorrow. Are you familiar with either of these shows?
1: I thought The Legends of Tomorrow was a movie. Is that not the one with Brad Pitt?
0: <laughs> no, I know which one you're talking about, but no.
1: Oh, that's The Legends of Fall. You're right. <laughs> that's The Legends of Fall. Never mind. I don't know. I, I don't know either of those two.
0: <laughs> I used to watch Legends of Tomorrow, so I'm surprised that I don't remember them showing it or talking about it. But in my defense, Legends of Tomorrow was my least favorite of all the DC Arrowverse shows. And although the first four or five seasons were really good... I don't remember when they got all campy and took the anything goes approach. But the last couple of seasons, I would usually vaguely pay attention while playing with my phone.
1: Mm, so both of these shows were like a DC Marvel thing? Is that what you're saying?
0: No, Grimm, uh, I didn't really research it too much. But from what I can gather from it, it was kind of like the Brothers Grimm, like the fairy tales. Oh, right. Uh, Legends of Tomorrow is just a, a DC show. Got it. It was kind of a show that where they had... They had gotten to the point where they had so many superheroes and they didn't know what to do with them. So they just kind of put them all in Legends of Tomorrow and give them their own show.
1: Oh, that sounds, yeah, that could be cumbersome for sure.
0: It was good, like the first four or five seasons, but yeah, well, once it turned into a comedy and it just, it was like a ridiculous comedy too, where they would do like crazy ass shit. I was like, yeah, I can't, I can't really follow this. This is not the type of show that I like. But I was still kind of forced to watch it because when they would do the crossover shows where they would get everybody from all the other shows, they would kind of have storylines that would go between all the episodes of all the different shows. So those were the ones where I paid attention because those are the ones that uh, interested me and they kind of let go of a little bit of the silliness on those.
1: Got it. That makes sense.
0: We got a message from Superfriend Elba regarding the Taos Hum episode. Would you like me to read it?
1: Absolutely.
0: She writes, okay, so I finished listening to your podcast. And when I was about 19 or 20, I lived in my first apartment with my boyfriend and we had gotten some new neighbors. He would hang out with them and I really didn't like him hanging out with them, but I don't remember exactly why, but he was over there all the time and it was just really weird. Anyway, I started to get really bad headaches at night and apparently my boyfriend had been over there and they had gotten a new sound system for their computer. I couldn't understand why I was getting these headaches. They were really bad. He kept talking about this sound system and apparently the sound system was in the bedroom hooked up to their computer so that when he would play video games, it would enhance the bass. There was literally no sound. I couldn't hear any noise through the walls. However, it was vibrating my apartment, and my bed. And so I was getting these terrible headaches because my head was vibrating all night. Mm. My boyfriend didn't experience this because he slept during the day.
1: That sounds awful. Oh my gosh. It's just that weird low, low frequency that it still reverberates. I, I completely understand. Wow, your poor thing.
0: Yeah, and I replied to her that that was crazy, but that we all react differently to sound. Some people actually like the low droning sound, which is why kids usually fall asleep right away in the car or when you put them in a car seat on top of the dryer. Well, Others can only sleep with a fan on. I can only sleep if there's a podcast or something going on. Um, I know that from the road trips we've taken... You don't particularly care for my podcast <laughs> while sleeping. <laughs> no,
1: I, no, it was the opposite. They were interesting. That I was invested in the podcast, and now I actually wanted to hear it. So if I wanted to fall asleep, I need something very boring. I want somebody. I want somebody to read like the tax code or something to me. <laughs> so, <I don't, laughs> so there you go.
0: It depends on who's reading it too, because I think if it's somebody like Michael Caine or something. I would listen to anything they would read.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. He does have a great voice. <laughs> After a while, though, you're like, oh, my God, no.
0: Yeah, maybe. Maybe you're right. Yeah. What about you, Isela? You're a weirdo also. Do you have to have a certain sound playing to sleep? Or
1: I think it really just depends what my day was like. So if it was very physically exhausting, I don't need anything. I can just knock out. But if it's one of those where I probably just didn't expend enough energy, I will probably have to put on one of those sleep meditations on. But they're so great. I don't know if you've ever heard them, but, you know, there's some guy that I listen to and he's got some weird accent. I I don't know what it is, like maybe New Zealand or something, but he's like, and now, you know, think about your your toes. And then he like brings it all the way, the back of your calves touching the... Mattress. It's really fascinating. And then you're really thinking about that stuff. And then you're like letting go of like the stress of the day. It's amazing. And psh, I don't I don't even I ever never make it to like my shoulders. I'm I'm already asleep. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sounds like the heads, shoulders, knees and toes, knees and toes.
1: No, I would be dancing in my ooh, ooh. I'd be dancing in my bed.
0: <laughs> and when I was telling her about how people react differently to the sound. Uh, she did reply and she said that there was no noise. It was literally the vibrations from the explosions and gunfire or whatever in the games the neighbor was playing. I imagine the neighbor was playing Call of Duty, but I imagine that's the game most people play when they claim to be a gamer. But having never played Call of Duty, all video games look like Call of Duty to me. Right. Kind of like how my parents would call all metal Metallica.
1: Right. And my mom would call all cereal um, from- Corn flakes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was like, not frosted flakes. She would call everything corn flakes. Yes, my mom, también. No quieres con flakes, I and then, she, and then, she brings you like a bowl of like cocoa puffs. You are like, what? <laughs> Score, because it's way better than corn flakes.
0: <laughs> That's the way that I always grew up knowing it as corn flakes.
1: Mm, yeah.
0: So it wasn't weird to me. I always kind of knew what inventory of cereal we had because I always I would always go through it to get. The toy's out, so.
1: (laughs) Okay, can I just tell you this quick story? Sure. Back in October, or just before October, you know that monster cereal that's like super delicious, blueberry, Count Chocula, um, Frankenberry, all those things? Yes. Okay, I went out to Sam's, a bunch of my coworkers was like, yeah, it's out. So headed straight there. The box had four boxes inside, and there was some... Contest that said you can win your own custom like cause k a w s it's this artist, and this artist would make these figures of frankenberry blueberry brute the fruit brute guy now that they brought him back, all these cool things, and I was like, hell yeah, so my daughter's like, let's you know let's do this, let's join in the contest. every day we're putting in four of the of the codes from each of the boxes, and boom, we won. Awesome! They barely got here this week. Our little figurines.
0: It's only been three months. It's not too bad.
1: No, I mean, I guess I was so excited about them, you know. And then when they, I got them in the mail. They were so tiny. I was so sad. I thought they wanted, I thought they were gonna be bigger. But they're still pretty cool. I don't want to sound ungrateful, but <laughs> I'll send you a picture so you can see them. <laughs> but that came in this week. Speaking of monsters and cereal, tying it together.
0: <laughs> that does sound super cool. And thank you so much for sharing your experience with us, Elba. That makes you our super friend of the
1: week. Thank you, Elba.
0: On that high note, we hope that you enjoyed the show and you join us again next week. If you're enjoying the show, leave us a review, tell a friend, and subscribe wherever find podcasts are sold. Yeah, yeah. Follow us on the socials at GreetingsTAC, email us at GreetingsTAC at gmail.com, or leave us a voicemail at 915-317-6669 if you have a story to share with us. Like Elba. Exactly like Elba.
1: <laughs> I was trying to do it in your voice. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you never know, it might be my doppelganger's voice.
1: <gasps> oh, that's true. Ha <laughs>